Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening. How are you? Got a great show planned for you. We're going to be spending a lot of the night talking about re-entering the dating world. That's right. People that have been single for a while, maybe out of the game, married, who knows? But uh, there's some things to think about. We're going to be talking about tips, tricks, and perspectives to get us back in the game. Um, It's not easy when we enter the dating world. All of our stuff is on the line, right? Our sense of desirability, our confidence, our body esteem, different identities and roles that we play out in the world. And we're going to be talking about transgender rights. Why do we need to keep talking about this? Because some people still think that some humans aren't valid. It's gross. It's definitely a mental health issues. But we're going to be talking about some of the science. Um, but I wanted to open the show by talking about a couple different things that popped up. Um, Jenna Lyons. I wasn't familiar with her, although I did wind up watching by default this uh, documentary style show about her work and her life. She's a um, She's, I guess you'd call her an artist. She really engages in all different kinds of levels of art, interior design, fashion. But what was really meaningful is her telling her story of being outed after age 40. This is someone who was hetero-identified and was pulled out of the closet. And that's kind of the thing I wanted to just discuss quickly, which is, you know, not everyone's ready to publicize or to step into some kind of sexual or gender role or identity. And if you're aware of someone, um, keep it to yourself. You know, just because someone gives us information or we stumble upon information or we're watching someone's journey, that doesn't give us the right to do anything with that information. And individuals have to be at a place where they're ready to share. And in order to share, if at all, they only share with people that are safe, people that they maybe have that kind of closeness with, but more meaningful when they themselves have found confidence and peace in what it is they have to share. And and pulling someone out of the closet is always violent. I don't care who's doing it. And a lot of celebrity news is sometimes rooted in dragging people out of the closet, whether it's about cheating, whether it's about their gender, their sexuality, whatever it is. And that's not okay. And we need to push back on that where that's not our business. That's not actually news. And we want to be very thoughtful about celebrity gossip and news that we spread because we are damaging some people's lives. And this article is really powerful to read. Because this is someone who was saying, I wasn't identifying as gay, but yet I was stepping into a same-sex relationship. And yet I was forced, I was forced to publicly process and go through very quickly. That's not okay. And as we talk about all the time, the closet shouldn't exist, which means we shouldn't assume someone is anything based on what we think we see or what we know. We should always assume that people have the possibility of being far diverse and more creative than we think they are, but we don't have a right to do anything problematic with that information. So we wanna be very, very, very thoughtful. Uh, positive news, Dan Reynolds from Imagine Dragons has donated money to his childhood home He actually, I'm sorry, I said that wrong. Dan Reynolds from Imagine Dragons donates his childhood home to LGBTQIA youth. This is someone who's constantly raising money. And he's going even further. And he's from a Mormon background, which is historically a community that's very anti-LGBTQIA, right? And um, I love seeing hetero celebrities and individuals really doing the work to end homophobia because homophobia is caused, created, and maintained by straight people. And so it is on straight people's shoulders to dismantle that. Gay people don't lead and create homophobia. They can internalize it, but that is something that is at the hands of straight people. So people like him, that's how you, you, that's how you be a good ally, providing resources, care, finances, and using your platform and privilege, his straight privilege and his platform. So that's phenomenal. Uh, also good news in the book, in the world, Dr. Seuss, his company will not be publishing six of his books because they historically have been racist. 
That's what you do in 2021. You find out that you have a racist history in your art or your work, you remove it. It's okay to remove things that are problematic when you learn better and you do better. That's how you also act like a good ally. We don't need those things in existence. Uh, Disney's been better at that, right? Looking back at their legacy and saying, we wanna clean it up and putting some disclaimers on the Disney Plus app around some of the content in some of their films. I think that's phenomenal. Not everyone wants to step into that or encounter that as they're reading a book or watching a show to their children or themselves, right? And we don't wanna keep that in uh, circulation. It's okay to remove those things. We don't need to have those reminders. And uh, I thought this was interesting too. Playgirl, I didn't know that it was on its possible way out, but it's being relaunched by a gay publisher. Love that. Also, did you know Playboy also has a gay publisher and editor. That's right. And that's why these magazines are evolving and changing and meeting the current needs. So um, well done. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a Playgirl magazine uh, in real time. I've seen it on the stands. Um, I didn't know it was going away, but hey, that bad boy's coming back. <laughs> it's so interesting to see how those things go. Um, and finally, we'll close out on this. This is adorable. I saw this reported multiple times. Our own radio.com put a story out there about a 105-year-old COVID survivor. Wow, that's a feat. Seriously, God bless. Credits gin-soaked raisins for her longevity. <laughs> I'm not definitely recommending that. It's a cute anecdote. Um, but I thought that was great. 105. What, what a blessing, I hope, for an individual to be able to live that long. I hope her life's been a beautiful journey. But 105. It's why I push back on, you know, this decline narrative around aging. You know, we can learn a lot. We can actually get better. And it's a gift to be able to live that long. We shouldn't shame signs of aging because not everyone has... Not everyone has access to aging. Some people pass away sooner and lose individuals. So beautiful, beautiful, well done. Um, question of the night, as always, is up on our Loveline AG page in the stories and uh, DMs. We'll be checking in on them, but if you got a DM for us, please drop it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. And um, coming up next, Dr. Jess joins us, presented by Astroglide. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This interview brought to you by Astroglide and Channel Q. Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q. Welcome to the show, Dr. Jess, expert, scholar, sexologist, author, and a good friend of mine. How you doing? I'm so good. Good, good to see your face, hear your voice. Good to see you as well. So we're going to be talking a little bit about sex tonight and uh, specifically masturbation. So masturbation important for emotional health, psychological health, uh, physical health. Talk to us a little bit about what the most important benefits of masturbation are. I mean, first and foremost, it's just really the best way to get to know your own body, right? Most of us learn to orgasm when we're doing it to ourselves. And so it makes sense that people who do masturbate also are likely to report higher levels of orgasm when they're with a partner uh, and just greater sexual satisfaction. You're becoming an expert in your own body, right? We have all these other benefits, like th there's the physical side, right? It can help you to have a good night's sleep, which of course is associated with a whole other 
host of health benefits, right? Cardiovascular function, mental health outcomes, cognitive functioning, like you're in a better mood, openness to others, conflict resolution, the list kind of goes on and on. Basically, if you, basically, if you can do anything to sleep well, it's good for your health. Uh, for some people, it's a source of pain relief. Uh, you mentioned emotional health, right? It can help you to relax and de-stress. Um, it kind of helps to just ease the tension, which I know people like me need right now, like any, any outlet, right? <laughs> That's right. And it's interesting because with sex being such a triggering topic still in our culture and even masturbation, you know, masturbation, I often hear it talked about as like a lesser form of sex, but as you're calling out, it has such a profound impact on us. Um, I know also sometimes it might be a matter of the approach people take with masturbation. So I hear people mention mindful masturbation, help us understand that better. Yeah, when we think about mindful masturbation, we're often talking about masturbating or touching yourself for pleasure without the focus on a specific outcome, right? So when you think about early days of masturbation, I don't know if you'll agree, like you were kind of doing it in the dark, in secret, as quickly as you could sort of not to get caught. That's a very common experience. I'm sure you hear from clients. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never met someone who said I felt comfortable, like I could take all the time I needed, I could carve out some space and time. It was always like, get it done, make sure no one finds out, and then even maybe feel bad about it afterwards. Absolutely. So mindful masturbation is trying to rewrite that script. So you're just going to touch yourself for pleasure, right? If it if it feels good, go ahead. If it feels erotic, go ahead. Uh, it may or may not lead to orgasm. In fact, we'll often, and I know you, I'm sure you do this with clients all the time, recommend that they touch themselves for the purpose of not having an orgasm, just so you can tune into the bodily responses. And I, it's so funny when someone says that they're doing something just for the sake of pleasure, I think we undermine the value of that. And it's like, we're allowed to center moments in our life in just pleasure. That's that's such a good point. And don't we do that in all the areas out of the bedroom, right? Like, you know, other than other than food and sex, right. we're like, why do you travel, right? It's for Fun. your own pleasure. Yeah. Why do you engage in conversations or go to a party or, you know, go to, a, you know, go to a cocktail class or whatever it is people do for fun? It's pleasure. So why the shame specifically around sex and for some people around food? And that's why I love what we're talking about, because I think masturbation can be, as you kind of called out earlier, yet another vehicle for under, undermining and unlearning that shame. Absolutely. And doing it in a low pressure environment, because there's no one there watching. There's no one there you have to worry about. It's, it's just you, you, you. <laughs> so let's talk about how to kind of push it into a new level, make it more new, more exciting, because I, I think often people get a little habited and patterned into how they approach masturbation. So what, what are the ways you talk about that with people? Uh, well, I think it's the same way we talk about it in terms of partnerships, right? Just changing things up, novelty, new positions, a new toy, a new lube, and a new place, you know, play with your breath, right? So, for example, one time when you're kind of getting close to orgasm or a height of pleasure, slow your breath and see how that feels. Another time, speed up your breath, you know, use, use accoutrements, use porn or erotic fiction or webcams or chat rooms to rile yourself out, up, you know, fantasize, let your mind wander with no apology with no inhibition. And here's a big one that I think we've all been trained to keep our sounds really quiet, right? Because again, it comes back to the beginning when right. we were probably at home, many of us in our family home. And so we stifle those sounds. And when you stifle the sounds, it can impede sexual response, right? It can actually affect or stop you from having an orgasm or have a, having a less intense orgasm. So let those sounds flow, even try exaggerating them. Sometimes yes, I've done that where I'm like, yeah, like, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, I was gonna say, and I love, I love it your point earlier about how it can very much be translated into partnered sexuality because we do that with partners as well. And if you vocalize, like you said, it's, it's more presence, it's more embodied, it's more mindful, but it's also like a higher level of release. Absolutely, absolutely, I fully agree. So your, does your, um, uh, your, your, your partner with the expressions must have been something that had to get a little more familiarized because I know most people aren't used to a partner who's really confident in that way. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I, I know you've seen the research around, for example, deaf folks make very different sounds than hearing folks when we have sex. And it's because those of us who even think we're totally comfortable and totally empowered and do what feels good, we are altering our sounds, right? I noticed that Maybe I feel like making like a really hog-like sound, like, oh, but maybe I feel it doesn't align with my gender or the role that I'm playing. So maybe I naturally, subconsciously adjust it to a higher pitch, like, ah. And so when you're by yourself, you, you kind of get rid of that self-consciousness. And then, as you said, you carry it over when a partner joins you. And maybe you need to let them know, you know what, that's, that's what I sound like when I love things, or that's what I sound like when I lose control. And I love that with you, I'm able to lo lose control. Oh, so beautifully said. I love that sound bite. That was great. And then let's talk about toys and then lube. 
um, you know, there's a lot of things we can use that we can fold in to kind of amplify everything we're talking about. So with toys and lube, uh, what are the ways you recommend people stepping into that? Because I know that can be intimidating for some people. Right, yeah, so I always start with a three-part approach when you're kind of introducing something new, especially with a partner. Start with a positive, ask a question, and then make your request. So you might say like, oh, it feels so good when we do ABC. Is there anything you'd like to try? I was listening to you know, Dr. Chris and I heard about how lube can up my hand job skills or about how a toy can make things more exciting. And it, and it really makes sense because variety is good for our sex lives, right? So when you just bring one little new thing in, whether it's a toy or lube, it can inspire you to try other new approaches and techniques and ways to orgasm, right? You might learn like, hey, I actually don't need to touch that part of my body to have an orgasm. This is something entirely different. And it may be not what's a part of our regular kind of sociocultural scripts for people whose bodies look like me, but this is really, really powerful. I love that, just small minor tweaks and, and focusing a little bit more on lube. I always thought, found what was interesting with lube is in working with some people that are um, maybe penis owners or, or just, I guess, everybody that sometimes people didn't masturbate with lube and then the ability to orgasm with a partner would sometimes be a little bit different because it's a different sensation. Also some chafing can happen. So I always say to everyone, please masturbate with lube always. It will always serve you. Yes, yes, the wetter the better. That's right. <laughs> yes, lube, 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 can't do too much. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think that, you know, there's this idea that lube is something that we use to deal with a deficit. But I, I think the next generation, like we really know that lube is just making sex hotter, right? It kind of grows the number of techniques and approaches and positions and and play, play ways you can play either on your own or with a partner. So yeah, Because use it's it supposed to be fun, right? Right. It's not supposed to be functional. You don't need to time yourself. You don't need to always be hard. You don't need to always be wet. We've got these, you know, I think about it this way. So I wear contacts every single day of my life. I wear contacts so that I can see or I wear sunglasses, right? So I can see 2020, but I, I'm not, I don't hide it. I'm not embarrassed about it. I don't feel like something is missing. It's just what I need to see in a way that works for me. That's right. So beautifully said, because I think some people think, what will my partner say if I, if I bring something else in? And it's like, well, not only is that just how we move through wor the world, but I tell them that the toy is an extension of your partner. They're using it on you. They're using it with you. You know, they're present. We don't need to be afraid of those things. Absolutely. And it could never, ever, ever replace a living, breathing human being. Like your sex isn't just the physical. Yeah, the physical is fun, but it's the connection. And before I let you go, let's quickly talk about masturbation with a partner, which I think is a profoundly vulnerable and beautifully arousing thing. Yes, mutual masturbation, it gets thrown out there like try mutual masturbation, but I know it can be really intimidating, even folks who are super exper experimental and have done a whole bunch of things are really intimidated by touching themselves in front of their partner. And it goes back to what you were describing, early experiences, those early erotic associations were often tied to shame and secrecy. So I tell people, first of all, you don't have to do it. You don't have to do everything. But if you do want to try it, kind of take baby steps. Maybe you do it in the dark first and you, you just touch yourself under the covers while they're lying next to you. Maybe you do it online from a distance. Uh, maybe you touch yourselves together just for a few minutes and then you, you know, finish off in a in a different way uh, once you get more experienced at it you can really you know play with I'm not telling you anything you don't know but play with like <laughs> the power right so you can play with having them instruct you as to how you should touch yourself and maybe you play with deprivation or control or power there's there's just so much there and I think the big thing here is that masturbation is it's for everyone right it's for all genders all sexual orientations all ages all relationship statuses and and more and, and, and a, an important part of self-care, just like yoga, running, reading, napping, and I'm always trying to kind of give it that, that precedence in that way. So Dr. Jess, thank you so much. Where, where can people learn more about lube and toys and masturbation? Well, I work with Astroglide, so definitely check out Astroglide's account and I'm Sex with Dr. Jess on all social media. Beautiful, Dr. Jess, thank you so much for being a part of our show tonight. My pleasure. Great to see you and Be hear well, from take you. Care. To learn more about Astroglide and what products are right for you, visit astroglide.com. Loveline. We'll be right back. Loveline. All right, we're back. And now it's time to slide into those DMs. Gliding into the DMs. All right, tonight's question says, hey, Dr. Chris, I have a question. Ah, well, uh, good place for the DMs. Is it legal for companies to require the coronavirus shot? 
Seems like that is going to put a strain on a lot of people, both mentally and physically. Well, I'm not a lawyer, so please don't send me legal questions. I can't answer them. Um, I did see an article, though, that said that it, it, there's some circumstances in which maybe that can be done. But, you know, consult a lawyer. I'm not I'm not, not one, can't tell you. Um, I do not like the idea, though, that um, an employer can force you to get a vaccine. Um, my concern with that is we're then starting to both professionally and culturally create second class citizens. And, uh, you know, we're in a time when people are struggling enough to get their basic needs met. And I don't want there to be further limitations and loopholes. It's very hard for people to survive corporate culture as it is an employment culture. And um, people have been out of work or their you know pay has been cut or they've been furloughed. And to have more obstacles to go through to get your basic needs met is really hard for me to support. And again, we're seeing people that are being required to have vaccines to attend events like concerts. And on one hand, as from a public health professional perspective, I, I, I understand that, right? We wanna make sure everyone's safe. But on a larger scale, I don't like the idea of creating more ostracism, uh, more hierarchy, and more second-class citizens where there's the vaccinated and the unvaccinated, us against them and access. But at the same time, I also agree that um, I, I worry about being around individuals that aren't vaccinated once I fully am, right? And I'll be doing so by wearing a mask and also keeping some space, but I don't wanna risk, I don't wanna run the risk of infecting because even vaccinated, you can still pass along and even vaccinated, you can still get infected. It just isn't supposed to be as life-threatening, right? Um, and so it creates a larger conundrum. You know, it's hard, I'm pro-vaccination, but I'm also pro-body bodily autonomy um, and I'm always for worker rights first. So it's a very complicated situation. I'm not gonna say much more than that, but I'm not here for the idea of more second-class citizens being created, more division, or people having more difficulty uh, continuing their employment, which is often hard enough. So I'm not really sure how to weigh in on that, but the legal matters, you should talk to a lawyer about that or do more research. I'm sure there's tons of stunning articles out there. Do that. I want everyone to do that. Everyone should understand their rights professionally and personally Sliding when it comes to factors like DMs. this. Um, but that's an individual decision. I cannot necessarily weigh in on that. Uh, it's going to get really funky though. I just was reading about a big festival in England and in order to attend, you have to be vaccinated. And in fact, some of the bands themselves have pulled out because they're not willing to support such a concept. They themselves didn't want to get vaccinated and they didn't want to have to force that on others. We got a lot coming up. <laughs> Don't think that this is going to be a very quiet, easy, simple topic. It's going to impact at some point uh, travel, like getting on airplanes, flight, um, and also attendance at different events and whatnot. So God bless it, y'all. But I know for me, having said what I said, I, 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 I'm going to struggle to be around crowds of people moving forward somewhat indefinitely because what this has brought forward to me is a better understanding of bacterial and viral transmission. And I don't want to run the risk of getting something else in the future. And so moving forward, I will be setting boundaries with my own exposure in small spaces and with crowds. I probably will be wearing a mask at times, even when, you know, coronavirus is quote unquote managed because I don't want to catch something else. And I don't think that that's being hypersensitive. I think it's being actually really protective and educated. I think we're a little too comfortable getting really close and sharing air and space with each other. I know. I already said it. I want moving forward servers to always be wearing a mask. I don't want someone's face a mere inch, a mere few inches away from my food that I'm about to consume. You know what I mean? So I, I am here for some hand washing and face mask regulations moving forward. Public health is a big deal. And sometimes that has to come before comfort, you know? But I don't want people being made at the same time a second class citizen for those that decide it's not for them. It is a very complex thing. There's a lot of nuance. So I'm purposely giving very vague answers because I have to really unpack it more. I haven't fully landed on my idea. So don't DM me if you don't agree with me. I'm not actually interested in those kinds of DMs at all, period. But um, I have to still sit with my own thoughts about it a little bit more, you know? Um, all right. If you have a DM for us, drop it in the DMs. Please make sure it's mental health or psychology related. And uh, coming up, we're going to be talking about some trans news and really driving home some trans rights because that is what it's like to be an ally. You know, allyship for the trans community falls on cis individuals because we are the ones that strengthen, perpetuate, and sustain transphobia, right? That's not the hands of trans individuals. And uh, and then, of course, we'll be closing out the show with some DMs. You are listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris. Gliding into the DMs is brought to you by Astroglide.
All right, we're back and we're talking about how to re-enter the dating world. Uh, uh, segment two and segment three earlier in the show. If you want to go back and listen to them on the podcast, you can do so. Go to wearechannelq.com, scroll down, you'll see my face and you can check out our earlier segments because we're talking about steps and perspectives with which to utilize in re-entering the dating world. Because again, it's evolved. There are new terms, new concepts, new, new things to consider. Those that have been in the dating world for a while are a little aware of this. Those that are brand new because they're leaving or re-entering, it's going to be new. Talking about um, using online, that's great. Also talking about checking on a people's relational status because not everyone who's online is totally single. They might already be in an ongoing relationship or they might be open or poly or they're fully single right now, but that is their dating style. And so you want to ask their current and their desired relational status to see if that's what you're looking for. You know, it's part of compatibility, um, depending on who they identify, how they identify relationally. Um, another thing I have to always remind people, cause we're always looking out for our mental health, right? And these things are not neutral technologies. All technology has an impact on our mental health. And we always want to be checking in on that. How do I feel before, during, and after when I'm about to go on the apps? How do I feel? Do I feel anxious and depressed? Pause. Do I feel bad getting off? Pause. We don't have to be on these. We should not be using them against ourselves, right? And so we do have to talk about things like online burn, uh, online dating burnout. People get burnout from these apps. And if you're feeling anxious or depressed before logging on, then you're not using it correctly. If you're feeling bad or burnout after, then you're not using it correctly. It is not meant to exist in your life to make your life harder. And what I mean by you're not using it correctly, I don't mean while you're on it, you're using it wrong. I mean, you're not acknowledging the role it's supposed to play in your life. It's supposed to make things better. It's supposed to give you access. Everyone's behavior on these apps, sadly, is not ethical. There is sexual racism. There is body shaming. There are people that don't acknowledge that they're talking to a human being and they don't take the apps seriously. All of that is on these other people, right? But if we are feeling depressed or more lonely or frustrated, that means we are either spending way too much time on them or we're expecting too much. <clears throat> I tell people, only log on when you're in a good, stable place or mood. If you're having a rough day, don't go on because most likely it'll bring some feelings of depression, anxiety, or loneliness because unfortunately, there's a lot of bad behavior on there. Also, you can't go on saying, I need to find someone to talk to or connect with today or this week. It doesn't promise that. It's a journey. Dating, falling in love, finding love, all of this, all relational stuff is a journey. So only log on when you're in a good space. Otherwise, take a break, take a moment. And if you're on there and you're seeing, oh my God, I'm getting angry and I'm saying horrible things to people, time to log off. Time to maybe also take a day or two off. It's not meant to make your life harder or more complicated. It's not meant to make you feel bad. That is not its purpose, right? It's supposed to be a tool, a neutral tool, a neutral to positive tool to connect to others. So try to log on with curiosity. I wonder who I might get to talk to. I wonder what kind of conversations I might have. Doesn't necessarily mean I'm gonna link with anyone. It doesn't necessarily mean it's all gonna be what I wanted, but that's okay. And if I'm on there for a little bit and I realize, eh, not feeling so great, I log off and you do something else, right? Okay, other steps and perspectives to re-entering the dating world, to trying to find romance and relationship. You have to live in the world, and this is a quote I always say all the time, live your life like you're single and looking. You cannot move through your day in the same old school ways. You can't, if you are actively wanting to be in relationship and to date, you can't walk around with your headset on and your, and your gaze down at the floor as you're walking around and grocery shopping and at the gym. You need to live in a single way, which means you have to live in a way that's approachable because you don't wanna make it any harder for someone to court you, get your attention, or hit on you. And you don't wanna make it even harder for you to maybe do that. And again, we have to non-gender this. It doesn't matter if you're female or male presenting, you need to take responsibility for being accessible and approachable and for approaching people. Not everyone who's male identifying is going to have the confidence or willingness to approach. Yes, women need to hit on men as well or other women. Everyone I work with often takes this passive stance. Well, they didn't. I'm not working with them on random the dating world. I'm working with you. You're saying you want love. Well, then you have to go after it, right? So yes, you have to be in a way that's approachable. You have to make eye contact with people. You have to practice that. You have to practice smiling. Every gender has to practice smiling if you're living in the world where you want people to feel safe and greenlit to approach you. But on the other hand, you also have to track people's level of comfort. 
if you're making eye contact or smiling or talking to someone and they're looking down or looking away, that's a sign they're not interested and you leave them be and you move on. But also know if you're looking down or looking away that healthy people will acknowledge that and leave you be. So if you actually do want to be approached and you do want them to flirt, you need to look up, make eye contact, smile. I also tell people, if you see someone you're interested in, be it within their proximity. People can only be expected to go so far out of their way. And I mean that for both people. We all have to live in the world like we're single. Healthy people don't approach people that are closed off or presenting as unavailable. And so make eye contact, start conversations, smile at people. People look for micro and macro signals that you are interested and available. Healthy people do. And healthy people also, when there's a lack of that, they leave you alone. And so you have to be very thoughtful about how you're engaging in all of that. Right? Think about that. Um, okay, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to keep talking about ways, perspectives, and tips to re-enter the dating world. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris. All right, we're back and we're continuing our discussion on tips, perspectives, and tricks to uh, get back into the dating world. Uh, remember, we have to create the conditions around which these things can emerge. You can't say, I'm not willing to flirt with anyone and I don't care what your gender is. You can't say, I'm not willing to flirt or approach anyone. I'm not willing to be on a dating app. I'm not willing. I'm not. Well, then great. Welcome to singledom. You're choosing it. You're getting in your own way. When you want to date, you have to present as open. You have to put time and effort in. I have my clients on the apps, checking them multiple times a day. I have them out in the world, smiling, making eye contact, being approachable. That is part of the world. People aren't gonna go through a thousand hoops to get your attention or to seek you. It's just not gonna happen. You have to be open and you have to hit on people and you have to make yourself available. Um, one of the little tricks I say to people is you also have to do this thing because again, we talked already about going online. We talked about asking about people's relational status and not assuming that they're single or that they're into monogamy. We ask, we find out, right? We talked about dating at burnout, where we don't use the apps to make our lives harder and to feel worse. If we're not having a great day or feeling good, we don't log on because it's too much complexity to, to risk stepping into. If we're feeling bad and angry while on, we get off, we take a break, right? We move through the world like we're single. I also tell people, you have to do one thing more. When you're anxious or unsure, step in one more way somehow. Because I watch too many people smile, make eye contact, and they both just part ways because neither one is willing to take one more step forward. One more step, which might make it easier for them to go all in, or one more step, which makes the other person confident or willing to step in. You know, I spent, I spent a, a couple months of my life when I was single, because I'm currently in a relationship, but I, I would make myself hit on people. If someone smiled at me, I'd walk up to them and introduce myself. If I passed someone and they flirted, I would turn back and say, hey, what's your name? I, would, I, I was willing to take those risks and I'm so glad I did. And one, one step more means just doing one more thing that gives yourself the opportunity for you or them to do something. You, they smile at you and then they're over by the apples. So you go stand by the apples too. Maybe you're not gonna say anything more, or do anything more, but at least you're in proximity and maybe it's easier for them to start conversation. Someone starts conversation, you follow up and keep the conversation going. You have to be willing to be a participant, no more passivity. Otherwise, you're keeping yourself single and it's your fault. The other thing we talk about is you have to be assertive. You have to be willing to ask people out. You cannot, regardless of your gender, et cetera, et cetera, sit back passively, always expecting the other people to do all the work. That's what keeps people single. I'll always say to them, what did you do? And they'll say, well, nothing. Oh my God, well, there it is. Do nothing, you get nothing. You have to be willing to do something. Another big one is get rid of your ego list because love is often found in unexpected places from unexpected people. But we often have this list of what we think we need, but it comes from our anxiety. We're wanting to be socially acceptable where we're determining the height they have to be or the weight they have to be or the race they have to be or their religion. Good luck. That's why you're single because there's too many expectations on the other person and you're missing out on love because you don't know what it's going to look like and it's not always going to show up in the most socially or, or familiarly ideal way. Sometimes, yes. Unfortunately, they're shorter than you wanted. Unfortunately, they don't make the money you wanted. Unfortunately, they're a different religion. That is how the world works. And you have to decide what your higher ethic and priority is, love and relationship or conformity and following the rules that I think I have to follow or my ego. Because maybe they're larger bodied than you wanted or smaller bodied. Maybe they're taller or shorter, you know? We have to get lit, rid of that stuff. That list of what you need is from your weakness. It's what your confidence thinks it needs. It's what you think you need to feel okay out in the world. It's what you think this imaginary audience of people that are judging and assessing you need from you. Stay open. 
Stay open to finding in unexpected ways. Yes, I want you to be physically attracted to them, but keep in mind that what you find attractive often comes from cultural norms and conformity, not even from health or from our best. So push back on that. It's interesting to see people that are single and complaining about it when they go through all of the list of what their needs are, consciously or unconsciously. And it's like, well, there it is. Yes, you should also use the word dating. Be direct. People sometimes ask each other out in ways where no one knows if they're actually on a date because they ask you to hang out or get coffee. Well, do they ask me out on a date? Do they think it's a date? I don't even know because I don't want it to be a date or I want it to be a date, but I don't know if that's what they ask. Oh my God. If you ask someone out on a date, ask, use the word date. Do you want to go on a date? <laughs> don't ask someone to hang out. Don't say going for coffee. That doesn't necessarily imply it's a date. And some people might be like, well, we know what it is. Well, be an adult. Be an adult. Learn how to use clear, clear expressions. Learn how to communicate <laughs> because I don't want people to mind read from the door. Use the right words. Ask for what you're looking for. If you don't know someone asked you out on a date, it's okay to say, hey, you asked me to hang out. I'm unclear. Are you asking me out on a date or are you asking me to hang out as a friend? It's okay to ask clarifying questions because not everyone will use the right languaging, you know, but it leaves everyone unsure to what they're even showing up to. Like, yeah, all of this is about vulnerability. All this is about risk. We need to be willing to do that. Do you want to go on a date? And if someone asks you in a very vague way, you ask them, are you asking me on a date? Don't carry their shame. There's nothing wrong with that clarifying question. And then finally, here's the most punchy one of all. If you're truly wanting love and relationship, you have to be willing to use whatever entry point is possible. And many long-term, full of love, committed relationships have begun as hookups because hookup culture and sex, casual sex is a part of dating and getting into deeper relationship. Having sex and hooking up is a way for many people to meet other people, to build intimacy, and also to assess compatibility. Because there's more compatibility that's shown through sex and romance and affection than what we can bring up on a coffee date. On a coffee date, you can only learn people's favorite colors and movies, where sex we learn about body esteem, self-esteem, sexual compatibility, attraction, boundaries, communication, it's all in there. So you can rule out whatever you want, but if you want to give yourself the best chance, don't rule out sex because yes, you can both be open to a long-term committed relationship and casual sex. One does not remove the other. And anyone who's truly wanting love will be open to any possibility. I've seen too many people say, I'm not having sex with anyone because I'm looking for a relationship and then they actually miss out on it because it might have been through the sex that they realize how much compatibility they have. I will give you a personal transparent story. Two of my most loving long-term relationships started out from a hookup that weren't meant to be anything more than that, but through that hookup, we realized there was more there. We stuck around to talk more. One of them even spent the night. Both of them, we went on dates throughout the week, and then years went by, we were in love, and it was a long-term relationship. It went as far as it was meant to go after a few years because the length of time does not determine the success or health of a relationship, and we were smart and healthy enough to end it. But again, don't knock different entry points to finding and getting to the love we want. That's sometimes what keeps you single. All right, we got to go. We got to take a break. We'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q. All right, we're back. And I wanted to just actually touch on a topic because um, uh, things come up in my DMs and I see things on Twitter and in the news and I can see people struggling to wrap their head around certain topics. And this one's coming out of uh, trans individuals and sports. And this is born out of a lot of politics. Uh, and this, I think it was Idaho passed a bill on uh, a new Idaho bill bans trans students from women's sports. That's the headline. And it's really led to people battling out different things. And we saw Marjorie Green and all her bigotry with her anti-trans postings on the walls. I was putting that in my IG stories and, it's just a really painful, difficult topic because basically individuals are just trying to find human rights and validity and truth and authenticity and who they are. And all these things are mental health issues. Politics is always a mental health issue because it's often about the discussion of whether or not a certain individual or population has human rights or worth. And it's really sad and it's offensive because everyone should get access to having their needs met. And when we're talking about things like sports, I don't want to diminish sports. I have my own relationship to it, which to me, I see it as, you know, athleticism and entertainment. And I don't know why we make it as deep as it is. Uh, let, let trans individuals play on their sports team. Let, 
you know what I mean? Women are women, men are men, trans women are women. I, I don't know why we're overvalidating um, historical rules around sports. It's sports. But again, I know it has more meaning and value to others and not to me. But what I really wanted to cover in this is just some interesting information that came out around the issues, right, with this kind of legislation. Um, now, number one is this all impacts the psychology of the individuals. That's basically transgender, gender nonconforming, non-binary individuals. Their social and emotional health is on the line and that should be prioritized. Mental health matters. I don't agree that we should put sports or athletic outcomes, because I don't even know what that means. Like, what are you really worried about? Some individuals um, being uh, not as able to succeed because they're up against individuals that they think might be um, ahead of the game based on their an anatomical sex. Like, let's make mental health matter. And there's a lot of literature <laughs> that looks at the outcomes that this has. And we know the disparity in the rates of depression, anxiety, addiction in transgender youth versus their cisgender peers. And so we do want to make accommodations. If anything, we have to eliminate those, but we do that by doing full inclusion, right? The other thing, and this is, um, and this is I'm pulling from two articles, um, people aren't actually understanding the science and they keep slinging around these comments on, you know, the science and science shows there's two, two genders. Well, number one, science doesn't show that. Uh, there are more than two sexes and sex is usually determined by anatomical presence, what anatomy we're looking at, that's sex. And there's more than two sexes. There are people that are intersexed. There are people that have, we, we can spend a whole segment on that, but I just wanna point out there's more than just male or female anatomy. There's combined anatomy, there's uh, ambiguous anatomy, so there's more than two sexes. And there's hundreds of genders, because gender is about someone's performance. Gender is about someone's presentation. Gender is usually indicated by clothing, right? Language, all these other external identifiers. And there's hundreds upon hundreds of ways for us to people to express themselves. More importantly, when an individual says, this is who I am, then whatever they said is the correct answer. Now, the problem is people don't understand the science when we're talking about hormone levels, right? There is not a lot out there that's, let me go backwards, because <clears throat> I'm sorry, I'm reading as I'm talking. Um, the evidence when we look at testosterone, because that is always the home hormone that's brought into question, testosterone levels. So there is not good evidence that speaks to the advantages that higher levels of testosterone offer. You cannot just look at testosterone levels and say, without looking at any other factors, that a higher level testosterone is going to inherently mean that they're gonna be a better performer athletically. And also know that men and women, when you compare them, that the levels are going to be different. Meaning, all men don't have the same levels. There will be some men that have a higher level than maybe someone of what someone else might see is a different gender. And when you look at studies done on transgender females versus cisgenders, the overlap and the ranges are often comparable. There's no body of evidence to suggest that there's an advantage. We don't have research saying that. So we're not even looking at science. We're not looking at mental health. And there's also different skills. What sport are we even talking about? And that will matter as to what level supposedly this testosterone could have on their ability and performance, right? And then finally, what does that even leave us with when we pass these bills that might ban the inclusion? We're now looking at people needing to prove their manhood or, or, or womanhood. They now have to submit to blood tests that they have to pay for or physical examination. What kind of trauma and problems does that lead to? What does that mean for someone who's intersexed that has non-ambiguous or ambiguous external genitalia or hormone levels that don't really necessarily speak in any direction? right? Because science is going to tell us that there's a wealth of ways that we can present in different hormone levels, and they're not all aligned. I mean, this is a bigger issue than people realize. It's not as simple as follow the science. There's two sexes or there's two genders. We're going to keep talking about this, but it's really heartbreaking to see an already exploited and marginalized community continue to be oppressed over sports, over sports, which I thought were supposed to be fun and entertaining. And I know that there's a lot of money rooted in, and that's usually the defining factor. We gotta get more inclusive. It's a mental health issue. All right, coming up next, we're gonna be sliding into those DMs. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris.
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. All right, we're back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Gliding into the DMs. This DM says, hey, Dr. Chris, my boyfriend and I got into a huge argument the other day about COVID, and I'm having a hard time processing this. Texas has reopened, and we live in California. Bum, bum, bum. He said he wants to go out to Texas for a week and party, see old friends who he's never even talked about before. Oh, the plot thickens. I told him I don't want him to go and he flipped out saying he's tired of being stuck inside and nothing is open. And if I don't let him go, then he'll break up with me. I just don't understand why this is such a big deal to him or why he'd break up with me. Well, a couple things. Let's, let's go on a little journey here. Number one, people are burnt out and exhausted. So although I don't support it, I do understand why people are getting both stir crazy and also why they are taking things a little less seriously. The more familiar we get with something, the more the anxiety and fear around it drops. And that's what's happening. People are kind of familiar with COVID. They're feeling a little too safe. Uh, they're seeing you know, the uh, light at the end of the tunnel, as they say, and they're kind of like, I'm ready. And they're getting antsy. You know, mental health wise, we need to get out there. We don't need to be going partying in Texas, which I think is a super spreader state, but we do need to get out. He might need to focus on more of the local smaller, like go for walks. And that's how you can be part of that. Um, saying, well, it sounds like, you know, as we're discussing this Texas thing, you can say, it sounds like you do need to get out more. So let's put on our masks. Let's go for walks. Let's go maybe eat outdoor at some of the outdoor dining, which is now allowed, right? Let's go get a picnic and sit in the park. Let's get tickets and do one of those drive-in movies, which are safe. Let's go for walks at night or in the morning. Let's go hiking. Let's go for a run. Let's go, you know, go, let's go to the beach. There's a lot of safe things you can do. A lot of people are being a little uh, dramatic and polarized in, in, in what they're choosing. You don't need to go from zero to 100. Go from full lockdown and quarantine to Texas, right? So find small ways in between. That's my answer. Having said that, I, I think you have a right to say, listen, um, if you're going to go to Texas, you are going to get a COVID test and, and quarantine before you come back into our dwelling because you have a right for you to protect yourself. If he wants to go to Texas, let him go to Texas. That's on him. But you protect yourself and you say, before you come home, you get a COVID test and then we need to wait 12 days before you come home. And that's what you say. Say, I'll support you going if you support my safety. And if you're not going to support my safety, well, then you are unsafe. And then we should end this relationship. Because if your boyfriend is willing to dump you so he can go party in Texas, we have a bigger issue. Honestly and truly, we have a far bigger issue. He's not that committed and serious. And he doesn't really know what a relationship's about. 
And if he's not willing to then quarantine and do a test, then again, we have more to worry about. So that's your choice because he has a right to go if that's what he wants to do. Being in a relationship, monogamous or married or otherwise, doesn't mean we get to control or tell our partner what to do. So I don't like the use of the word if you let him. He's an adult. He does what he wants. And boundaries are not about other people's behavior. They're about ours. So you can't say you can't go. You don't have a right to tell an adult that. What you can say is... I won't have someone who's been in Texas, which is a ridiculous place where they're not following regulations, coming back home without having been tested. Anyone that's going to be in my home or around me needs to have had a test or quarantined. So you can say what you'll do. I won't be around that. I won't cohabitate with that. I won't be in a relationship with someone who doesn't care about that. Speak for yourself. And then he has to understand what he's up against. And then he makes a decision that's right for him. And I want people to still do that. Just because a governor is putting profit and finance over people's lives does not mean that it is safe. And that's the confusion. Like, God bless what the uh, governor in Texas thinks is okay in Florida and all these other places. But again, that doesn't mean it's safe. Listen to the CDC, the actual scientists and virologists, and they're saying, no way. Stay home, wear a mask, do not go around people. So that's my concern. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm thinking more about that and I'm worried more about that. I, you know, again, remember people on the other side, understand that you're antsy and you want to go do things, but your personal needs can't come before the physical and mental health of those that you're in a relationship with or cohabitating with. We do need to consider both. And that's part of just being in a relationship and everything matters. You're either thinking relationally or not, and you're always communicating to your partner, your family members or friends, how good of a friend, family member, or loved one you are. So care about the impact you're having on others. That's a statement I'm saying more to the boyfriend. All right, y'all, that's our show. Coming up tomorrow, we're gonna talk about monogamy, still the number one relational choice, but the way a lot of us run it is quite toxic and actually not healthy. And that's why a lot of it's not really too sustainable. So we're gonna be talking about healthier ways to do monogamy. DMs always open. If you got a DM for us, put it in our Loveline IG page in the DMs and uh, past episodes of Loveline. You can check them out by going to wearechannelq.com. See you tomorrow night. Y'all, thanks for hanging out and you enjoy the rest of your night. Gliding into the DMs is brought to you by Astroglide. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.